not surprised though. <laughs> that is so funny. Okay, I think we're good. Okay. Every once in a while, just FYI, I will look at this just to make sure we're not clipping. Okay. And then also to look at the time just to make sure. Because okay. I'd like to keep it under an hour. Okay. Um, you know, because most people don't want to listen to anything longer than that. I believe I listen to the read and the read be like two hours. That's it. But they also be talking about people, so it'd be funny. Right. I was going to say, this ain't one of them type of parties that people ain't going to be. Right. People ain't going to be like. People's not going well, to listen to your sad. two hours. Let me listen They're to not. your sad cancer story for right. two hours. for two hours. No, I don't want to. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Here we go. Ready? All right. <clears throat> we just ain't here cutting up. It's all right. I know, right? <laughs> Ah, uh, here we go. Hello, this is Yolanda Murphy, and welcome to this Exceptional Journey podcast, where you will find inspiration to live courageously through adversity, empowerment to live freely despite your past, and ignition to live boldly in your purpose, all by walking the survivor side of life. Good people, what is up? Yolanda back with another episode of this Exceptional Journey podcast. How you been? If this is your first time, welcome. It's about time, we've been waiting. And if this is not your first time, how you been? I know the last one was a nail biter, wasn't it? It was amazing, right? (laughs) But either way it goes, thank you so much for clicking over to my little corner of the podcast world and rocking with me just for a little while. As you can tell from the title, I have an amazing person with me today. Um, But before we get to the guests, let me go ahead and of course plug my social media just so you have it and we can connect. Um, First things first, Facebook and Instagram, I am at This Exceptional Journey. Uh, and then on Twitter, I am at TEJ Podcast. Um, please feel free across all platforms to hashtag me at TEJ Podcast. Any questions, comments, suggestions, I want to connect and I want to hear from you. So let's jump right in. We got your girl in the building. Okay. I can't. There's so much hype right now. All right. All the I way just, from UCLA. I just feel like I, I hope I live up to the hype. You know That's what? <laughs> Jamaica is in the building. I am here, and it is freezing. I forgot yeah. how cold it was here. Yeah, girl, don't even. Get I haven't. Me started. I haven't been long, gone that long. But tell, me, tell, tell everybody what the car told you this, this morning. It said low outside temperature. <laughs> I said wait. When did cars start doing this? I I don't recall. They need they need you to be safe, and they need you to start. They was just like, I need you to warm me up. Warm me up. We, before we drive down this road. <laughs> Unless you don't want to be stuck on the side of the road. Hello. But guys, let me just tell you, because as you can tell, we completely have too much banter going on. Um, Jamaica is also a part of the auspicious Young Adult Cancer Support Group out of the Cancer Caring Center here in Pittsburgh, PA. Jamaica is actually from Pittsburgh. She born and raised, but this baby like stepped on out, left us. Got an amazing job at UCLA. She left y'all. She left us, y'all. I didn't leave all the way. I mean, y'all, y'all still let me participate, so I didn't really leave. I mean, but we don't see her. I'm just not here in the physical. I mean, we don't see her. (laughs) (laughs) You're seeing me right now. I know on the podcast. Oh my god. See exactly. It's fine. Yes. So so when I reached out to um, the members of the my support group. And I was like, guys, I want everyone to be able to tell their story because everyone is so unique and different. And, you know, as a young adult cancer survivor, we all need to feel like our voices are heard. So Jamika reached out. I was like, yeah, girl, you're going to be here for Christmas. What? (laughs) Yes, let's get it. That's exactly how I heard it in my head. No, for real, because that's that's what it was. (laughs) That's what it was. (laughs) That's exactly what it was. That's why. Um, but let me tell you a little backstory before Jamika gets into her story. So Jamika and I've known Jamika since she was like knee high to a grasshopper. Like Ooh, stop. literally. So my aunt has a church and her and her sister and you would come with who? My aunt. My aunt and my cousin. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But I remember her being like little, little, like what? Six, seven. Yeah. That sounds oh right. Oh my gosh. 
so then here's the crazy thing. Um, the very first event I went to uh, through um, the Cancer Caring Center was the paint night. And you and your sister uh, were there. And I saw you guys across the room because you guys, I think, were sitting on the inside. Yeah. And that was um, fun. me and my guests were sitting on the outside of the circle. And I kept looking like, them babies look familiar, but I haven't seen y'all since y'all were little. Yeah. So then, lo and behold, you know, we have our first group. And I was like, I thought that was you. <laughs> like, crazy. I knew I knew you. I from knew I somewhere. knew you. I knew I knew you. So crazy like and now her dad is um, a musician at my church I was like it's such a small world and then your uncle used to play the church play at my aunt's church yeah. that's crazy yeah Pittsburgh crazy. is like two degrees of separation literally and don't be not even a whole black in Pittsburgh because oh because then y'all are all related everyone's <laughs> like everyone oh, everybody's your cousin oh okay that's my cousin's <laughs> aunt okay so you my aunt what? right anyway yeah but so Jamika's here because she has an extraordinary story <laughs> Um, she's definitely one of the people, I mean, to be honest, you didn't have a choice. Oh, well, thank you. Cause I was going to hunt you down. Like, even if I we mean, had... catch a flight, it's cool. No, cause we won't do it through zoom. Like, <laughs> listen, I wasn't I playing told you, I'm in the, in the computer screen. Like, Hey, not Skype. <laughs> we wasn't going to Skype though. We, we wasn't going to Skype hey. though. <laughs> you know what? Um, but yeah, so I, you know, she was definitely one of the people I was like, Ooh. I definitely need you on. Um, so I was so excited that she actually was like, yeah, girl, I got you. So let's start from jump. What is your story? Please start from the Ooh, beginning. It's real crazy. Yes. Um, so <laughs> when I was 24, mm -hmm. um, I was about a month shy from 25 at this point. Um, I, it was this one day I was feeling sick. I thought I had like the flu, a stomach mm -hmm. virus or something. Um, but I had woke up in the middle of the night and I started throwing up. I was like, oh, that was weird. But I was like dizzy. It was kind of like I had vertigo. It was weird. I called my dad like, hey, you know, can you take me to the emergency room? Mm -hmm. I don't really feel like I should drive. I'm a little bit dizzy, but I don't know what's going on. So we went to urgent care. Um, you know, they gave me some fluids, sent me home with some anti-nausea medication. It's like, you know, you should be fine. Take this every couple of hours. You'll be fine. Got home, took the medicine, threw up again. So I was mm. like, I don't seem right. Mm. Um, but I was like, you know, whatever. I called, you know, the place back. They're like, stop taking it. Oh, they're like, stop taking it. You know, see if you feel better. So that whole night, I'm just like falling in and out of sleep. But my head starts pounding. So at this point, I call my mom. She's like, all right, we'll go to the emergency room in the morning. Because clearly none of this is working. But we're not going to go to the emergency room in the middle of the night. Because she... All the way, don't believe in going to an emergency room in the middle of the night because you're going to sit there. You know how black parents are. They're like, Listen, no. Yes, I so <laughs> she was like, she was like, if at six o'clock your head still hurt, we'll go to the emergency room. Yeah. So we're in the emergency room. Um, I go in really because I had a headache at this point. Like my head was pounding. And so they're like, okay, we're going to run a CT test. Oh boy. We'll do some some blood work. Or I don't even know if they did blood work at that point. They're just like, we're going to do a CT test, like a CT exam. So they get the results back, and the nurse comes in. I guess it was a nurse. I don't really know what they were. And they were like, you know, you have some bleeding on your – no, no. Yeah, they're like, you have some bleeding on your brain. We think you might have cancer. What? I was like, they were like, we think you might, yeah, we think you might have leukemia. And so in my mind, I'm like, but I came in here because I had a headache. How mm -hmm. do we go from a headache to a brain tumor and cancer mm -hmm. off of a headache? So at this point, I just bust into like Kim Kardashian, ugly cry. Oh, man. My, my mom is like looking at me. My dad's like, it's going to be fine. Like, we'll go get a second opinion. Like, it's going to be fine. So at this point, like there wasn't enough time for a second opinion because we're we're asking the doctor questions and they're like, because we're like you know why like how do we get to leukemia and they're like oh well you know um her her white blood cell count is a little high mm. and they're like you know she has like a, a hundred thousand something white blood cells oh snap and they're like and so we're like okay like well what's a, a normal blood count because you know we don't know I'm not I don't I'm right. not I don't work in biology I don't know how this works <laughs> um. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, a normal count is like 10,000. So we're like, oh, like, that's more than a little high. Like, you right. you, you really undersold it. Right. Like, <laughs> Completely. That's more than a little high. Right. Um, 
So again, like full Kardashian, full Kim Kardashian, ugly cry in the hospital. And that's all I remember from that point Mm. is like being in tears. So then at that point, um, I had to have a drainage tube placed in my head Mm. to reduce the the swelling off of my brain because of um, the tumor hemorrhaging. And then I spent probably 10 days Mm. in a medically induced coma. Wow. Um, during that point, had been moved from hospitals as well. Um, underwent a few rounds of leukapheresis, which is like this process where they extract your blood from your body to remove blood cells and then put it back. It's like, mm. I don't know, it sounded wild. I was like, what? Because, <laughs> um, you know, at this point, I'm getting this all like secondhand after right. I wake up. Um, so I, when I went to the hospital, it was November 7th, 2015. When I woke up, it was like the 17th. Mm. And because you know how when you wake up in the hospital, they're like, oh, can you tell me your name? Can you tell me the date? Yeah. Do you know where you are? Like that. So that real life happened. Oh, snap. And so I'm like, yeah, such and such. And my eyes like, no. So first of all, when I woke up, my aunt was there. My aunt who lives in Georgia. So in my mind, I'm like, who died? Like, why? Why is Andy's here? Like. Girl, what you doing? <laughs> what you Me, doing? But I'm the one in the hospital, but Meanwhile. I'm wondering why people. Yeah. So, found out 10 days had gone past. Um, I was in ICU. Almost wow. died a few times. Like, had a lung collapse. There is one point. That, so, this is funny, but it's not funny. <laughs> like, As you laugh about it. Right. Because I think it's funny, but in real life, it was like a and serious situation. it's probably situ- not funny, y'all. It's not, because it was a serious situation. Mm-hmm. But while I was in the coma, like, before I came out of it, I remember waking up and feeling the oxygen tube in my nose. And you know how, like, when you're not really there, you don't really know what's happening, but I felt it. So I started pulling at it. And so <laughs> I started pulling it out, and I'm like, oh, this is real long. And then I, I guess I passed out, but in my mind, I fell back asleep. And so when I woke back up, I had like these little boxing mitts on my head. <laughs> I was like, oh, they said you I was like, yo, these hospital people hate me because mm-hmm. they don't put the box of gloves on oh, me. They they're said like, you ain't gonna do it today. Yeah, they're like, you're not gonna endanger your no, own life. No, we're trying to save you. <laughs> okay, and you're trying to. They're like, we've gone through too much to right, save at you. At this point, listen. Okay. Yeah. So I was that hospital patient. Um, but yeah. So final diagnosis ended up being. Chronic myeloid leukemia, um, or CML, which I refer to it as the old white man cancer, just because it typically affects older white males. Um, So for me to have it was kind of an anomaly, Mm -hmm. especially because I'm black and because Mm -hmm. I was only 24. Mm -hmm. Um, But essentially, it is a type of leukemia that's caused by a genetic mutation. Um, It's where your ninth chromosome, and I think you're 20 first or 22nd chromosome Mm -hmm. a piece of them break off and switch places i'm like how does this even happen i read about that i went to a training um this year in san diego for what's called project lead i love san diego it's so pretty there no i'm talking about the training she's (laughs) in san diego okay tell us what happened tell us what happened at the training i'm sorry but we learned about some of that what did you learn about blood cancer we learned (laughs) you're so stupid we learned like the research and scientific side of breast cancer specifically, but okay. we learned that that happens and it's like this complete and utter like, like crash, like per- it has to be a perfect storm in order wow. for that to take place. I got it. I well, don't clearly. know how. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So there was that, but then there was also still this brain tumor that nobody knew where it came from. Oh. Nobody thought it was cancerous. Um, so it's still there. I still have mm. it. It's, you know, me and my tumor are besties. Mm. We have regular checkups too. Um, but it just so happened to be that the leukemia had caused the tumor to hemorrhage. Oh, and okay. that's how we found everything. Okay. So like had the cancer not been as bad as it was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have found out about either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would have been out here living crazy. Apparently. Literally. Um, because, and it's crazy because in hindsight, like, there definitely were signs that I had leukemia. Like, I would have these large bruises okay. that I didn't really know where they came from. But, you know, when you light skin, you feel like you just run into anything and you end do. up with a bruise. So, you don't think nothing about right. it. You just be like, oh, I must have ran into something. But they were, like, real big. I remember this one time my friend was like, 
are you okay? Like, mm. is somebody? <laughs> Do like, we need to talk? Right, like, are you in a domestic abuse right, relationship? Like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, I must have just, like, ran into something. Mm-hmm. She's just like, that don't hurt? Like, mm-hmm. look at how, I'm like, no. Nah. But, mm. so, yeah, so if you ever see a Bruce, guys, and it looks suspicious. Right. And you didn't bump it in anything. Yeah, you should go get that checked out. Please go get it checked don't out. don't be like me. <laughs> um so yeah, it was just it just so happened that there's sort of two very unrelated situations wow. that kind of came to a head at once. Okay. Um so yeah, I spent um probably about three weeks in the hospital. So probably like two weeks in ICU a week on sort of the regular cancer floor. That's what I call it. I know that's not what it's called, but <laughs> that's what call the it. regular cancer floor. Um, so lots of, lots of good friends over at UPMC. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to UPMC. Yes. <laughs> Shout out. Right. Really though. Um, Oh wow. Okay. That's a lot. Right. It's, li- it's a lot. Um, I be trying to make lot. it funny cause it's a lot. Yeah. Cause it is a lot. But, but I mean, it's, that's the reality though, yeah, right? It's a, it's a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, now, this was what, 15, 2015? 2015. Okay. And then did you have to do, like, any chemo or, like, radiation, anything like so that? So that's the thing about CML. Um, you don't have to do infusion chemotherapy. They have a chemotherapy pill. Mm. Um, it's called, like, a TKI tinkinase inhibitor. Something. I don't, mm. I don't know. I don't know these words. Um, <laughs> I don't know these words. Right? I don't know. I don't know how you say these words. Um, but essentially, it's a chemotherapy pill. Um, it's an oral pill that I have to take daily. So I'm still continuously in treatment. Okay. Whereas with, you know, some other cancers, like, you know, you do IV chemotherapy mm-hmm. for a little while, you do your radiation, mm-hmm. you're done. That's it. Mm-hmm. You go back for your regular checkups. Um, it's very possible I'll have to take this medication for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not looking forward to because right. side effects. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so funny because I, I actually just had an appointment with my oncologist in L.A., and I have been talking to her, like, you know, is it a possibility for me ever to get off this medication? And so with CML, you don't have a f- sort of official remission. You have what's called a major molecular response or MMR, uh, okay. which is where your leukemia cells are under 0.1%. Okay. So once you hit that marker, you're in what we call major molecular response. Okay. So she was like, you know, if you're in MMR for two years then we could potentially explore the possibility of you coming off your medication. Okay. And so actually two weeks ago now, um, officially makes one year Wonderful. of being an MMR. So I'm really excited about that. Absolutely. I was like, yo, yes. I might be able to get off this yes. medication after all. So that was really exciting because I thought I was going to have to take it forever. Yeah. And I was like, and that's a long time, no. girl. You're right. still like, young. Especially when you're 20, like, you know, when you go from being 24, mm-hmm. And somebody telling you you're going to be on this medication for the rest of That's your life when you were a relatively healthy person right. otherwise, you're right. like, what you mean I got to take this? <laughs> right. Like, like, what are you saying? I used to ask my oncologist that all the time. Like, so I really got to take this all the time? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so, like, what does it mean? Like, am I going to be able to have kids? Mm-hmm. Is that so? I honestly don't even really like children. I don't know that I want to have kids mm-hmm. still. But I think for me, it was definitely a question I wanted to ask my doctor because it was like, there's a difference between you choosing not to have kids Correct. and somebody telling you you can't have them. Correct. And so I think that really freaked me out. Yeah. Like, I still probably don't want to have them. But, but still, it was just like, you have well, the what option. do you, right, I have the option. Yep. So yep. it was, it was wow. And I was just like, he was like, oh, no, you know, if you ever want to have kids, like, we can take you off it for that, that amount of time, da 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 But it's, like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, you really have to think about life in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the scariest part of being diagnosed. It mm-hmm. was, like, life as I know it is over. Like, mm-hmm. I can never go back to being the Jimmy guy I was before cancer. Isn't that crazy? It, it's like the like, saddest thing, but it's it all, like, is. It really just it just like, throws me for a loop every like, time I think about uh, it. Like I had a scan the other other week, um, like my regular mammogram I get, mm-hmm. um, and just the process of it. Like I mean, who likes mammograms? I mean, let's let's be honest. They're like squeezing your tit. Like, <laughs> sorry, mom, squeezing your breasts. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Never get a full spine. 
Uh, mm -mm. MRI. Mm -mm. I got one of those recently. What? I'm pretty sure I fell asleep in the machine. But that joint took an hour and a half. Why it takes so long? I Is don't that know. Usual? I guess for a spine, yeah. Okay. Normally, I just get my head, but this time I had to get my spine because of where my tumor is located. Mm. They like want to make sure like a piece of it didn't break yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. It took an hour and a half. Mm. I was like, they had to have knocked you out. No. No, they don't put you to. Not unless you're claustrophobic, they won't put you to sleep. Girl, but listen, <laughs> my doctor told me that he wanted me to get an MRI. And you said like, me to sleep three months ago, maybe three four months ago. Because I had been getting dizzy. And I was like, uh, no, I think it's because I'm dehydrated. Because I hadn't been, like, drinking water. And all I've been drinking was um, beer and coffee. That was it. Oh, you're playing. Playing whole games. Not even juice? Nothing. No, I don't drink juice. And I barely <laughs> drink tea. But, no, coffee and beer, that's all I, I was don't drinking. Drink juice. Mm -mm, I don't. Um, so I was like, no, but I think, and it, it was a long period of time. Like I, right. I'm one of those people. I try to drink like at least a gallon a day or at least half my weight, which is a gallon anyway. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> I met with a nutritionist recently Overall. and he was like, yeah, you should try to drink half your body weight mm -hmm. in water. Yep. And I have like this really big 101 ounce water bottle, because, but I can't finish that one day. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to start early girl. Yeah. <laughs> You got to start early I mean, and get it done. Yeah, but then you got to go to the bathroom every hour. Well, that just means your kidneys will be clear. You better drink that water. I'm not playing with you. I sit at a desk all day. I, I do too, so time. you have no excuse. But it's a lot. They be like, oh, excuse me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom real quick. Like, no. People will understand. Will they? No, they will. They won't. Then just pull the C card. Oh, you know, I had cancer. <laughs> So that's the crazy part. Like most of the people at my job don't even know. That oh, I really? Yeah, I honestly haven't told a lot of people. I mean, that um, makes sense. just because it's like one, I don't want you to look at me. Like when people know you have cancer, mm, it's all they different. view you yep. very differently. Like especially if they're not family or right. Yeah, and especially if they didn't know the person you were before you had cancer. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. it's kind of just like, mm -hmm. are you okay? like mm -hmm. and and with my job especially there are definitely peak periods of time where we're very active mm. and so I was just like I don't want anybody to know because I don't want them to think I can't do my job yeah, very true. or that I need extra help very true. or you know mm -hmm. like I didn't want to be treated differently I wanted I to you. you know go into my new job and pull my weight absolutely and so for me it was just like so like really most of the people on my team just found out in July which is really bad considering I started that job last August. Right. But it's fine. I mean, you know, I just was like, it was kind of one of those need-to-know bases type I thing. mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, because that, I mean, people yeah. face that all the time. Yeah, so it was it was different. They was like, really? Mm. <laughs> like, everybody I've ever told, they're like, really? Right. Because, you know, everybody has this image that, you know, a cancer survivor should be sort of like this frail. Mm -hmm sickly looking person and you're mm -hmm. like actually no actually not actually i'm trying to live my best life too hello let me, and i will be let me let me do that let me live my best life so yes. no i get it i completely yeah. get it and that makes sense because at the end of the day like you said you don't want them to look at you any different right. or you don't want them to think you can't do your job right. when in actuality that's why i got hired hello um but yeah girl so i get that and then uh, you know i understand with the mri i don't i don't know why that would have taken so long like i would have been oh, so i am claustrophobic i say all are you to okay no so you was like i'm really not trying so, to like get I that said, I'm he told me he wanted me to get one and i was like oh okay so i went back recently he was like <laughs> he was like did we ever get that mri how's the dizziness i said no <laughs> i didn't get it i said i felt better oh okay you play so then here you go writing in my chart did not get mri i was Good. like how you feel about it like <laughs> Are you, no, because y'all probably going to have to knock me out. You're going to have to get one eventually, just to make sure. I don't want to. I mean, it's really, it's loud. No, I've had MRIs. But... Like, in the very beginning, of, before I got any treatment or anything done, I got a full breast MRI. Okay. Um, so And she had know. to pull me out, like, three times. Oh, really? Girl! You was one of them people? Girl, I, I mean, I used to get MRIs on my knees and my ankles, you know, playing sports right. and stuff it's all the It's different time. when your head is in there, though. When I it's just... your head and it's the top part of your body, when it's your knee, I mean, they put you in, like, maybe up to your neck. Right. But when it's your head and your the top part... Oh, I, oh, I know. No, she literally... And then... I don't know about the one you had, but did you have to lay on your back or on your stomach? On my back. 
this one for the breast one they have this little thing you gotta lay on your stomach like you want a massage table girl not only do you lay on your stomach but they got this cutout where your boobs hang out so out here i am so it's not even just i'm sorry that's not funny but, <laughs> but listen so it's not even just that i'm laying on my stomach there's a cutout for my boobs to hang and then your head is in like a right. thing where you get a massage yeah. so yes i was freaking out then she put a blanket on top then they put headphones on me i said this is too much <laughs> so like what can you see do you see the floor no because like, there's a you mirror see the bottom oh so you see you no 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 there's a <laughs> mirror that slants up so you can see the ceiling right so they try to make it seem okay. as if it's not as small as that's it is weirder girl i'd rather just be able to see the floor no so. how about i just want you to knock me out <laughs> i don't want to be able to see nothing <laughs> like literally not... and they give you the little thing you know to squeeze girl yeah, I squoze if that you want to get out squoze look squoze so hood <laughs> Girl, I was like, I'm sorry, this is so funny, but <laughs> she was like, here I come. I was like, her, she was like, don't move, don't move. I was like, hurry up. They'd be like, please don't move, because then we got to start the whole thing over again. And she was like, okay, calm down. Calm down. I was like, you I'm think sorry. I'm playing. This is not no. funny, but it is. <laughs> so that whole hour and a half MRI would have not worked for me. Oh, no. I would have been like, are we almost done? Oh, you I told put you, to that's, that's why I fell asleep. Mm -mm, and girl. I got by that night. I don't. It was just, it was a lot happening. No, they would have had to put me to sleep. Don't even play no games. Oh, no, I would have, I fell asleep. Well, I'm glad you did. Me too. Apparently. I was like, wait. And you were still then, huh? <laughs> I was like, how much longer we got? I think That's the crazy. person like saw my leg moving or something and they were like, oh, we're almost done. Oh, did you forget about me? Y'all just in there lunching. Look, Get the heck out of here. I was just like, oh, this is long, long. No, that's like, horrible. That should and then, not... you know, sometimes you got to get the contrast ivy too. So, you know, it's like, I usually know when like the contrast pee. is coming, it's almost done. Usually it's like a smooth half an hour once they give you. Look, we professionals. Ain't that right. horrible? You can time it out. <laughs> professionals to the game at a young age. Girl, I've had so many MRIs and listen, that's crazy. But that's crazy. So yeah. you were in um you take the chemo pill yes and then luckily that's all i have i was gonna say was that was yeah. there anything else to go with that no so when i was first diagnosed um i definitely had more regular like hospital visits i guess um because while i was in the hospital i had to get like blood transfusions oh, i had yeah, to get yeah. platelets i didn't even know you could get platelets i was mm -hmm. learning all type of stuff about the blood bank it's amazing mm -hmm. thanks Charles Drew for the blood bank. Um, so, yeah, I would have to get transfusions of platelets and blood because um, at that point my blood was just trash. They were like, we can't mm -hmm. just leave you with your regular blood. Right, no, it's not, it it's not work. working out. It's not going to work. Um, and I had a pick line Oh yeah. Um, just because I was getting a lot of blood drawn mm -hmm. and I was getting platelets. And so they was like, we just going to give you that because mm -hmm. that's easier than us Absolutely. poking you every time. Mm -hmm. Um. But that was kind of, like, the extent of, like, major stuff for me. I did – I have gotten a few bone marrow biopsies in my day. Mm. Um, funny story about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's well, not funny. But it's she, not funny, but it is. You got to make light so, of it. You do. So I took my sister and my cousin with me to my bone marrow biopsy this one time. And so my sister and my cousin came back in the room with me. Technically, you're only supposed to have one guest, mm -hmm. but Always my, my nurses loved me, so they, they made oh, accommodations. <laughs> so my sister is holding my hand. First of all, we had my other cousin on FaceTime because oh she's God. a nurse. <laughs> like, it just didn't make no, like, what? We was breaking all kind of rules. I'm sorry. But she was a nurse. Like, it's fine. <laughs> um, so my sister is holding my hand, and she's like, Nika, what does it feel like? And I was like, it kind of feels like I'm a tree being sapped like in the tree sap like she was like hey. what i was like you know like a, a a tree being tapped for syrup or something you know what and she was like how do you know what that feels right. like i was like i don't but i imagine this I is what it imagine. would feel like like right. this is probably oh what the gosh. tree feels like when the syrup comes out because my back hurts mm. and i could feel it leaving my body mm. <laughs> and she was like, like a tree being sapped <laughs> So if you ever wanted to know what a bone marrow biopsy feels like, there it is. Just imagine that. Uh, a tree being sapped. 
Imagine that, and that's, Yo, that's what like, it feels like. I know the hospital people were so tired of me, like, on I so mean, many levels. What was I going to do? I brought all the laughs every time. Good. As a cancer patient, I know they was like, she's the happiest cancer patient we ever seen in our life, because why is she laughing? I can like, understand, girl. You had to make, make the best of it. You really do, yeah. because you, especially when you're at, like, cancer centers, because you're often the youngest person in the room. Always. And because I guess, I guess younger kids just get to go to the children's hospital and yes. have their treatments. But yes. when you're a young adult, there's no place to just. No, for you. we're like stuck in the middle. Like <laughs> so, they're like, all right, we're gonna put you with the older people, and you just be looking around like, mm-hmm. what am I? Right. I don't know how to start a conversation with you. I can't just be like, oh, so what type of cancer do you have? Right. Like, no, that's not a. <laughs> let me first of all, let me ever find out. <laughs> I'm at Hillman, waiting in the waiting room. Because, I mean, you know, being one of the youngest people in the room, we always get the looks. Like, yeah. like what you doing here? You hear right? what you're like, doing? You and then what they see mom? you have on the bracelet, the and they're like, oh, snap. Oh, like, what you got? But you Right, but you can't, like, really open up, like, <clears throat> what you got? Like, you can't. I remember I seen somebody I knew. Oh, I was huh. like, oh, how you been? They was like, oh, how you been? I was like, well, obviously not that well since I'm here. Holy <laughs> crap. Did I didn't say that? To, I didn't mean to feel, make them feel bad like that, but it was like, Jamaica. if we're both on the fourth floor, like, clearly I'm not. I mean, clearly it's, it's not going going as planned. <laughs> I'm going to get my life together, I promise. No, that's funny, it was though, just, because that... In my mind, it was funny. It just didn't come out. No, we're both it's in the fun- cancer caring center. Like, you know. Um, you know, we're both in support group. It's, I don't know. But no, this was at Helmet. Like, oh, shut up. <laughs> Like, oh, how you been? It was somebody I went to like middle school with. And oh, like, and they were like, oh, how you been? And I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I'm okay. Not not that great since I'm here, but you know, mm. like I'm I'm cool. How you been? <laughs> Let's just forget where we are and just hold casual conversation. <laughs> my mom was like, you know him? Like, what? that's <laughs> like, so funny. She has so many more questions. <laughs> like, I'm just like, no, I would have too. I'm like, like, just come on, mom. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the um, Hillman Cancer Center. <laughs> I'm like, Ma, you're making a scene now. Because now <laughs> she's like, you know, your mom always be trying to match make you. So she's like, oh, girl, you know don't even get me started. You know, other people with cancer, they might be. Like, no. in my mom's mind, she's totally trying to hook me up with James Conner. And I'm just like, Mom, that's Ooh. not that's not how this works. He got the looks. He is cute. He but got like, a nice booty. You know, Look at you, cougar is somebody. I know, sorry. right? Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I can only. Are you sorry? You're not really sorry. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I, I noticed what I noticed. Because in, in her mind, like, it was destined to be. Because we were literally diagnosed around the same time. Mm. Um, His story far more interesting to mine, to me. Because mm. I'm just like, you're, like, out here living life. No, like, for real. I would never be able to make that quick. Listen. <laughs> like, I was on medical leave for four months. <laughs> like, oh, really? I, yeah, I was just like, I can't. Well, that's a lot, though. I was like, I, I, because it was crazy. So, because I was in the hospital for so long, um, I was like, I don't want to go to an outpatient yeah. re- rehabilitation center. Mm-hmm. I want to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, I lived in a third-floor apartment with mm-hmm. a lot of stairs. So, they was like, actually, you can't go to your house. Mm, no. um, so, my aunt let me go to her house. For a few weeks, because you know all her stuff was on one floor, so yeah. they was like, you know, she was down the street from the hospital. We're like, they're like, okay, we feel comfortable, yeah, sending you there. Um, and so I had, you know, an in in house nurse. I had occupational Wonderful. therapy for a little bit, physical therapy. I was on a walker for oh, like. Shut up. I felt like the like, I was really a senior citizen after this diagnosis. Oh like, my god! When they gave me that walker, I was like. I for real need this, y'all. Like, well, you needed it apparently because I, yeah. I, I hadn't been walking for like a month. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in the hospital bed for like a month. Holy so they're cow. like, they're like, actually, you do need this walker. You do. I, I remember take it. I, I used to always try to get out of my hospital bed when I was in the ICU. This is why I what know. What are you doing? I'm not smart because you know I be <laughs> no, trying. I be trying to get up, and you know how they got the alarms on the bed so they know when you're trying to get up. They do. They would be like, Mika, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to the bathroom. You have a catheter. Mm-mm. Sit back. Sit You're back down. You're not going anywhere. Sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> sit down, baby. You know, I, I was getting antsy. I had cabin fever in the hospital. I'm like, no, why real. am I still in this bed? Like, I can understand. Cause... So, yeah, worst, worst hospital patient ever, but it was fine. It's also very weird to have people you don't really know call you your nickname. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. this is a whole, like, different side note. Uh, okay. But you know how if you've ever noticed in the hospital, they'll have a board that oh, has the yeah. patient's name. Mm-hmm. So because my family calls me Mika, mm-hmm. they just assumed that was like my preferred name. 
So that's what the hospital staff would call me. But you have to remember, I was in a coma for uh, 10 days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you wake up and everybody's calling you, Mika, you're like, how do I know you? Like, Am I, I missing something? Right? Like, I'm, I thought all this other stuff was wrong with me when I woke up. They would come in and check my, my blood sugar because I was like, wasn't eating real food. So I'm like, mm. I was like, oh my God, do I have diabetes now? <laughs> like, Girl, oh my goodness, it gets so thing. much worse. Right. <laughs> all from one thing. I was, I was creating whole new ailments because oh I was just like, gosh. I don't understand what's happening. Um, but yeah, just like random stuff like that. But it's just, but that stuff you'll always remember right. through the process. Right. You know what I mean? Like years later, you'll probably run into one of them nurses. She'll be like, Mika. Yeah, I'm going to go visit my doctor while I'm home. And he's definitely going to call me Mika. It's going to be hilarious. That is so funny to me. Yes. It's... Girl, you better be close with your doctor. Hey, Mika. <laughs> How you doing, girl? And you saved my life. I'm great. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I sent them Christmas cards. I love these oh people. Oh, my gosh. That is beautiful. They really did save my life, though. Literally. <laughs> like... And here's the kicker. You know, I tell people all the time, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, we kind of make cancer look good, if that makes yeah. sense. So people don't recognize the other side of the struggle. For sure. Because just like we are right now, we're being ourselves, but we're talking about our stories. We're talking about our diagnoses. But because, you know, we know, oh, we good. Okay, you know, I got to make the best of this. We're making light of it. But honey, mm -hmm. listen, you are absolutely correct. These are babies that actually saved my life. Like, legit. I remember after I finished chemo, I did four rounds. Um, every three weeks I did one. Ooh. And I know, girl, it was horrible. Like, it was, anyway. Um, but the nurse, like the very first nurse I had my very first round, she was amazing. Older, I forget her name. Elaine, I think her name was. It's okay. She remember you, though. But listen, so the very first time I had her, the second time I went in, I said, nope. Mm -mm, where's Elaine? Right! This baby kept trying to stick me, and she kept missing it. I said, where's Elaine? Can you Can you get Elaine? So she found Elaine. She was helping, you know, other, um, I was about to say other customers, child. We ain't buying this. <laughs> she was helping other patients. And she was like, I'm just going to stick with you from now on. I said, thank you, Elaine. So every from there on out, Elaine knew exactly where I like to be stuck. She knew what, like, how to give me my dough. Because, you know, well, yeah. because I don't know if you no, know. But with infusion thing. chemo, yeah. like, they give you that cocktail in the, in the beginning. Like they give you Benadryl. Um, yeah, that's what I got Benadryl with Tylenol before they gave me my yes. platelets. And then they give you um, best nap ever. Some girl, ain't it? I would be <laughs> gone in like fifteen minutes. My mom would be like, "Dang!" I said, "My system is lightweight. Yo, like I don't take medicine." My mom used to be like, "Mika, we're done. You can wake up." <laughs> mm -mm, somebody got to drive me, honey. But I remember, like from there on out, I was like, "Elaine's like my A one." Like. But you're right. These babies are saving our lives. Like, and even if they're just doing their job, they're doing their best by me. For sure. You know what I mean? And I was sad when my nurse who did my first bi uh, bone marrow biopsy left. I was like, what you mean? Shannon, not here no more. Ooh, shoot. Who's supposed to do that? <laughs> right. Who's, who's doing Like, no one else is qualified. <laughs> my doctor was like, no, no, no. Such and such is going to do it. It's fine. Like, yes. she's very well qualified. I'm like, but well, she's where is Shannon? Right. <laughs> but she's not her. Like, where where is she at? Yeah, I understand. Because while I was doing my radiation, one of the young ladies left. I said, where are you going? Right. What do you mean? Are where you going on vacation? Right. She said, no, I got a job at. Okay. Oh, no. Can we? Can you leave after I'm done? Right. I do I need to like switch hospitals? Right. <laughs> like, where are you going? Oh, my gosh. So crazy. But that's crazy. I mean, I'm grateful for, for sure. everyone, you know what I mean, whose hands or care I was in. Because like you said, like, it could have been, been another way. It could go any kind of way. Like, mm -hmm. And it's so funny because you never realize what types of relationships you form with your hospital staff mm -hmm. until something else happens or until you leave. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, especially with me moving across the country now, um, I didn't realize how comforting it was mm -hmm. uh, to have them for that length of time mm -hmm. until I was gone because yeah. they, they knew me like, the back of their mm -hmm. hand because they had been there since my case started mm -hmm. and so really sort of restarting with a new set of doctors mm -hmm. in LA was like terrifying um because that it was sense. like now I have to pick my own doctors mm -hmm. and I have to go to appointments by myself now mm -hmm. because like my mom was going to every appointment with mm -hmm. me like she didn't care she was like oh when your appointment she didn't know nothing the doctor was talking about she would ask <laughs> me about there, it after honey. but she was sitting there mm -hmm. like okay but so you there. said this well what is da -da -da -da? like I'm telling you. So, but it's it's really 
interesting and sort of reassuring to know what kind of relationships mm-hmm. you create with with your medical staff because it also makes you feel more comfortable mm-hmm. that they're treating you like they with their family. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's all anybody really wants yeah. is to know is that like if I was your sister, right? How would you is treat this, me? Is this would this be yeah. the recommendation that you make? Mm-hmm. And you know, I I had my neurologist, my uh, neurosurgeon, while I was in the hospital. It was, oh, so first of all, I gotta tell you about this haircut because it was wild. All so, right, so she. <laughs> So this is what's you gotta so funny. Add the picture this baby, <laughs> right? I was gonna say I'm probably gonna add the picture in the video. This baby sends me this picture. She's telling me this story about what was it that you got? The George Jefferson cut. No, but what was it for? What procedure? Oh, did you have? because I had to have a drainage tube placed to re- to relieve the the blood that was yes pooling on my brain. So this baby sends me this picture. She was like, I was so mad. I said, I understand where you coming from. Like, they should have cut it all off, but, baby, they was trying to save your life. But go ahead. Right. So, so here's what happened. Remember, remember y'all, like, I went into the coma. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. So, when I wake up, why I was going to go take a selfie in the first place, I don't really know <laughs> from the hospital bed. Why? I guess I was just excited. I was alive. I wanted I mean, to take hello? a picture. I also wanted to see how bad did I look really. Mm-hmm. Because my lips was feeling extra dry, and they mm, was. Girl, didn't nobody hook you up while you was out? They was trying, but there's only so much you, uh, they yeah. could do. Because, you yeah. know, at one point, um, my lung had collapsed, so mm. I had the trach and stuff. So it was just, it was over for my lips. Yeah, no. But, so I got the George Jefferson cut with the ball spot in the middle, because that's where they needed to put the drainage tube. Mm. Apparently, two of those happened. So I got this big patch... <laughs> In the middle. And mind you, I had, like, a shortcut at that time. You know, think, like, Halle Berry boomerang type mm-hmm. cut. But, <laughs> so, you know, there's no hair to comb over None. this ball spot in the first place. And, you know, it's, it's a little stubble at this point because I had been out a while. Mm-hmm. I had time for the hair to grow back a little bit. But imagine waking up and that's what you see. I, I was can't tra- imagine. I was traumatized. I can't imagine. Nobody told me that's what I they looked like. Told you. So when me. I see my sister, I said, Judy, for real, you not, you wasn't like nobody, nobody. <laughs> y'all could have shaved my whole head and that that's time. what I kept. I said, y'all couldn't have just shaved all of it off. She was like, what's wrong? You look alive. I was Hello. like, I mean, true, but like, <laughs> I look like Krusty the Clown on the Simpsons. Like, Very much what? So. what is this? Yeah. So I say all of that to say. Mm-hmm. My my one neurosurgeon, he would come visit me every day. <laughs> I used to be so excited to see him because, you know, it was like visitors. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> granted, my family came every day, too. But, you know, like they, they had jobs. They got right. stuff to do. So they got can. lives. Nobody can't be there all the time. So he would <laughs> pop in before he did his rounds. He'd be like, oh, Mika, how you doing today? And I was like, Dr. Faraj. Why y'all didn't just cut it all off? <laughs> and so after a while, he started feeling bad. He was like, you just want me to go get a pair of clippers? Like, we could do this right now. Right. Like, he's like, you know what? No. I'm going to just wait until I leave, and I'm going to go to the barbershop, and I'm going to just get it cut off. It's fine. Like, <laughs> my saving grace at this point was that it was wintertime, so oh, I could just wear hats. galore. In- <sighs> I was wearing all the You were hooking them up. All the oh. hats. Well, at least he offered. He did, and I appreciate him for that. He got a Christmas card this year, too. Oh, my gosh. So, like, <laughs> my homie, he came to visit me all the time. All the time before he went around. That is Mika, so how you doing funny. today? Mm. How you feeling? That is so funny. You head okay? Okay. Not you. you head all right? Man, look for like real. like George Jefferson. I'll, look, let me tell you, the day before I was supposed to get released from the hospital, I guess, like, the stitches on my head they had taken the stitches out i think at this point but it like started leaking mm. and it was like there was like this pink stain on my pillow and i was like y'all what mm. does this mean does this mean i can't go home now like Listen, what does this mean i need somebody to look at this i was panicking because i was like if i can't go home on thanksgiving i'm fighting everybody oh, no, in this no, no, hospital no. we're going home like i'm fighting everybody in this hospital but i still can't go home <laughs> i mean after all that time i can understand <laughs> So my nurse came and got me. It was like three o'clock in the morning. She's like, "Yeah, we're going to go do an MRI." I'm like, "At three o'clock? Like y'all mm. gotta do it right now?" Right. She was like, I'm like, "All right, come on, let's go." Like I'm up now. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's only it's, three. Right. Like you know, 
I don't got nowhere to be. Like, y'all yes, probably not about to let me go home anyway. So, like, let's just do it. <laughs> let's just get it done. I'm the, look, I'm the worst. Listen. I told you, I'm so, the worst. that's crazy. Yeah, it was wild. But I was um, okay. I was able to go home. Well, good. It was fine. That was good. exciting. <laughs> After the 3 a.m. MRI. No. Oh, man, we're in the hospital. You have no concept of time. None. Because people are always coming in every couple of hours to mm-hmm. take blood or to run tests. So, you really don't even know what time it is anyway. Mm-hmm. But... You be just be watching the TV like, oh, I think it's such you know and such what? time because this what's is on. What's <laughs> on? What's on? I know that's right. So, was there like a history of cancer in your family? No. What? No. So it just came nobody out of nowhere, else literally. in my family, as far as I know, has leukemia. Wow, that's just, crazy. Just little old me. Just little old you. With my old white man cancer. With your old white man cancer. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. It is. So is it? You said it's a gene. So can people be tested for this gene? It's a gen- it's a genetic mutation. Genetic mutation, I'm sorry. So I don't know. So it's called a Philadelphia chromosome. Oh. It has a name, I know, okay. right? Wow. Um, so I don't know. I haven't done that much research into it because I'm like, at this point, if you can't correct mm. the, the, the mutation, what's the point of researching it? But, <laughs> but can other people have it in your family? Um, I don't know. Okay. And that's the thing. I think because it's a mutation, there's no sort of genetic markers okay. that indicate you're going to be the person that gets okay. it. Okay. I think it's just kind of something that happens. That happens. But somebody, okay. I'm sure somebody will see this and correct me. So, I mean, it happens. <laughs> but <clears throat> me. I was just like, oh, this is wow. That is like, crazy. That is crazy. So, yeah. what have you been doing since then? <clears throat> I mean, of course, you moved. Everything. Hello. I know, right? Um, you know, just out here trying to live my best life. Living my best life. You know, not trying to be sorry for myself. And that's the one thing I will say about cancer. It really made me reevaluate where I was in my life, mm-hmm. what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I had always wanted to live in L.A. Mm-hmm. And so after getting cancer, I was like, all right, like, you need to do this now because mm-hmm. you don't know how much longer you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Like, not that. There's like a hate a high fatality rate for CML, but with any cancer, there's with always any, that that yeah. margin of error that you know you could be the person who doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me, it was just like, all right, well, with however many days I have left, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do all of the things that I really want to do and try all because you know you you regret the things that you don't try. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, all right, if I go to LA and I fail, I can always come back home. At like least I try. home home is not going nowhere, and then I won't have to wonder. Oh, well, what would happen if mm-hmm. I moved to L.A.? Um, so, yeah, I moved to L.A. Yeah, I remember the group that you announced it. I was like, wait, Yo, what? It happened so quickly. Like, yeah. I literally had a month to move that was across the country. crazy. And I felt so bad because I told everybody last minute. Like, I even told my oncologist, like, right. the day before I was moving. He right. was he was like, when are you moving? I was like, tomorrow. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, he looked at me like, I didn't tell you you could move. Like, right. what, do you, what do you mean you moving tomorrow? Mm. Uh, <laughs> Do better than me. But, um, yeah, it was just like, I was like, I really don't know how much time I have left. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and it sounds, I know it's going to sound weird to say this, but to me, it was like, God kind of reassured me that I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really explain why or how, but he was kind of just like, yeah, that's not the, your time yet. Right. Like, this is right. now you're going to die. So, yeah. like, you know, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Um, and you didn't want to have to regret it later. Right. You know and I mean? so I was just like, all right, let me find this way to move to L.A. And I had got a job at UCLA. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Like, this is kind of the perfect storm of being able to make it work. Because I'm not one of, like, so I went to school for costume design. But I can't live that struggling artist lifestyle. Listen. So, like, if I didn't have a job, I wasn't going. Because, mm-hmm. like, the cost of living in California. Listen. Ooh, you don't got to tell me. That 9.5% tax. Mm. <laughs> my heart. But it's just like, all right, I have the opportunity to go. I have the means to go. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. And, like, of course, my family freaked out. Cause of they course. Were like, what happens if something happens again? Like, we're mm-hmm. not going to be able to get to you quick enough. To the... So, you know, there's a lot of things that you think about within that realm, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of leaving your, your support system of people who, mm-hmm. you know, go to doctor's visit with mm-hmm. you and, 
and you know will cook you meals and all that stuff and kind of like uprooting yourself from that definitely is a challenge mm-hmm. but it's like you don't really find your footing unless you give it a go on your own mm-hmm. and so you know the past 14 16 months at this point definitely have been a challenge for me definitely mm-hmm. uh independence in a whole new way mm-hmm. <laughs> um, i would like to consider myself an independent person before i got cancer but like this is independence on a whole new level yeah altogether um, different. but it's it was something that was necessary for me mm-hmm. especially in in terms of really coming to terms with it of mm-hmm. what it means to have cancer now and sort of reestablishing my life as a person with cancer yep. Um, because you really do, you become a new person. Like you kind of, you have to start over yep. and people, because like, you're just, you're not the same person. You're not. And you never and, will be. And you, right. And you, and never, you never will be. And you never will be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not all bad that no, you never not will at all. be, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just, there's certain things that your friends and your family will never understand anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the reasons why I was so glad I found Yaks because I was yes. like so resistant to it at first, mm-hmm. not to going, but like to the idea of a support group. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why, cause it was one of the first things that my dad had said to me after I got diagnosed. He was like, yeah, you really need to find somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. I was that like, understands. Yeah, I mean, I guess dad, like, <laughs> Your dad you know what you mean? Right? Thank you, you're Uncle so, Red. You're so intelligent. Thank I, you, Uncle Red. I need to listen the first time. Mm. But it took me like a good six to eight months mm-hmm. before I finally found Yaks. And it's definitely a decision that I don't regret. And it's not, and you know, Yaks is not one of those spaces where you have to talk every meeting. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to just listen and understand that you're not the only person who's going through mm-hmm. something. Or that your your situation might not even be as bad as you think because mm-hmm. somebody's is way worse. So yep. you need to get your life together get your life. and get your and get your ducks in a row because somebody else is yeah. worse and you need to be helping them figure out their stuff. Exactly. And so for that reason, you know, I was definitely grateful. And it was also that motivation for me to be like, all right, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to go to L.A., I need to do this mm-hmm. because you never know when this opportunity might appear again or, you know, what you could be missing out on by not moving. And plus that's something you wanted to do anyway. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I can see if it was just like, let me make adventures. No, this is something you already, (laughs) like, you know how they show in the movies, how people are like, oh my gosh, I have a cancer diagnosis. Let me go do this bucket list of stuff. That's not real life. Yeah, no. Because you definitely be way too tired. (laughs) Hello. Cancer fatigue is real. Yo. But it was something you already wanted to do. You know what I mean? So that that was amazing. Right. So when it happened, I was like, hey, guys, I'm leaving. We were devastated. And y'all were like, what? We were devastated. I was like, you leave a win. I was so scared. Oh my gosh. But you did it, girl. I did. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo. I can't wait till I can come and visit. Please do. Because I I still be surprised. Like, yo, I live. I really live in California. Isn't that crazy how (laughs) a change will happen? You'll be like, like, even with this podcast, like, oh, snap, I really got a podcast. Like, oh, I really, I'm recording. Okay. It's crazy. It's real life. That's what's up, though. I mean, because, like you said, to touch on, like, your life will never be the same. So there's really, to me, I mean, at least in my own mind, like, there's no need to try to fit my old me into my new self. Correct. Um, so why not do something different? Because it's not like I'm the same person anyway. Right. You know what I mean? So let's let's take on this new new in like other areas of my life. Right. So why not? So yeah, I listen, I this podcast was one of my different things. And I was like, I mean, you know, I, I've always liked to talk and, and you know, give my personal opinion because I'm so opinionated. But I, I mean like you know what? Don't do that. Um, but it was this was this was something altogether different. You know what I mean? Right. You can't just I mean, anyone who's listening to this podcast, like you can't just pick up a mic and be like, let's talk. Like you can. Right, but, but it might not go well. Um <laughs> you wanna talk about the lunch you ate today? Like, no, this is this is not how this game works. This is not how this game works. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful, you know. To me, this podcast is my LA, UCLA. You know what right. I mean? Like, and I'm grateful that you know i've had other you know guests on um from the group as well and like most of the sentiments are you know this is what i had to try for me this is what i needed to do after diagnosis because i needed to know 
first of all, that I'm still a dreamer. You know what I'm right. saying? That I can still accomplish goals. You know, although cancer may not ever really technically be in my rearview mirror because I'll live with it forever, right. but that's not going to stop me. You know what I mean? That's not going to stop me from dreaming. And it's not going to stop me trying to accomplish these visions and dreams that I have. So I think that is that within itself is amazing. Like, girl, to pick up from Pittsburgh to go to L.A. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think everyone from the north <laughs> of the U.S. Right. just would love to live in a Cali sun like right. all the time. Are you kidding me? It was it was 70 degrees. Shut up. I left. Shut up. I'm just like, I got here and I'm just like, I'm going to just FaceTime you every other day. Like, let me just see the sign. Right. Like, can I see what <laughs> Let me just like? see the sign. Like, <laughs> uh, so I can understand why the car was mad at you. Like, um, it's a low temperature outside. What? So that's amazing. That is simply amazing. So, I mean, what do you want to do now? Like, what's next on the docket? <sighs> so many things. Okay. Um, And you know, and you touched on it a little bit too. Like, I think for a certain time after diagnosis, you are kind of scared to dream and mm. to really set goals because you're like, I don't really know how much time mm. I have, so I don't know if I should be planning yep. anything. Yeah. Um, and it kind of it kind of um it stifles you a little bit and it's it keeps you stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know we we getting back to some of the original checklist. Okay. Um, but no, I would really like to go back into costuming. Um, just because that's what my undergraduate degree is in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would definitely love to put that Penn State degree for, to work. Hello. You know? Paid all that money. It's good money there. <laughs> um, and that was a part of the move to L.A. as well, is to okay. really be able oh, yeah. to explore yeah, that yeah, again yeah. and to get back. Because, you know, the dream is like TV and movies. Okay. Um, so, like, my background is theater, but I would love to do TV and movies because I feel like it would be so much fun. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Maria did that too, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, So, cool. yeah, I know. <laughs> she makes me laugh she's amazing she makes my heart smile hi Mia um, we love you boo <laughs> mm -hmm. but um yeah so like that's that's definitely a part of the checklist you know definitely want to be an Oscar nominated yes costume designer at some point in life um so this is that step to kind of figure out yeah if that will still happen but yeah you know I'm just taking it one day at a time and mm -hmm. all the days all at once mm -hmm. but <laughs> i mean that's like, how it is sometimes right you're just like all right i need to get through this one day to get to all the listen, rest listen i think it's crazy and you clearly just touched on it sometimes you can't put it into words but it's it's almost like after diagnosis when you're a, a little further out and you you know your your health is stable and you know you're getting clear scans or clear you know what have you um or molecular what Yes, yes, the thing. MMR. <laughs> Those things. MMR. Um, it's crazy, though, because I, I mean, again, I can only speak for me. It's crazy how you try to live for today because, like you said, you just never know. Like, it could flare up or something could happen at the drop mm -hmm. of a dime. So it's crazy how at the same time you're living for today, but you're trying to plan but not really plan for the future. Like, isn't that a crazy place to be in? It sounds wild, but you, you figure it out. Yeah. Because you're like, there are still things that I really want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not willing to give up on mm -hmm. those because I no. don't have a reason to give up on those No, right I now. don't. So I'm going to still go for it. Mm -hmm. But I'm also going to wholeheartedly be in this moment today because this is the moment that I have right now. Yep. So it definitely puts you in an interesting spot. Mm -hmm. But you you learn to appreciate those little moments so right. much more right um like i feel like i've become a much more thoughtful person okay um since diagnosis which sounds weird because i thought i was pretty thoughtful before but like girl i feel like there are certain cancer things cancer will make you see stuff it do like, doesn't it, it? Just, it's so introspective it makes you appreciate certain little things mm -hmm. more and so then you find yourself doing little things for other people because mm -hmm. you be like i just want you to smile today i'm like I'm going to so buy you beautiful. this cup of coffee. I'm yeah. going to give you this cookie. Um, I'm not give you this cookie. Yeah. You know what I hate you. Take Look, this cookie fine. and coffee, girl. <laughs> Look, and that made somebody's whole day. You just don't You're even right. know. Listen, if somebody walked up to me, I would be like, thank you. Right, if I handed you a coffee and a beer right now. Girl. You would be. Excited. I would be your best friend. <laughs> but then I'll be like, here, go this bottle of water. Too. Okay. <laughs> and then I would be handing it right back to you. Because <laughs> apparently you ain't drinking none either. <laughs> terrible <laughs> but yeah it just it really forces you 
to notice some things and mm-hmm. I think you to a certain extent you become a more thoughtful person mm-hmm. because at this point you kind of already hit rock bottom you're like I know what it's like mm-hmm. to be at the bottom mm-hmm. and I don't want anybody else to feel like yeah, that and no. so it's just like you know no. what can I do to actively help somebody else mm-hmm. not feel like that regardless of if I know what's going on with them or not yep and so you know you just you you figure it out absolutely <laughs> And I love it because, I mean, I think one of the most rewarding things to me after diagnosis was hearing other people say, not not just that, um, how do I want to say, you look great for for what you've gone through. Right. Um, which is great because, you know, I definitely, I mean, I don't know about you, but I hated looking like cancer. I hated like. I lost like, so first of all, <clears throat> I lost like a smooth 30 pounds mm. just in the hospital mm-hmm. i was like i don't know what to do with this new skinny body right like, i don't have <laughs> new skinny body i don't i don't have clothes for this body Mm-mm. like i don't i just i hated it i hated i hated it too and then i didn't like have it. hair yes and i'm and you know it's different from you know not having like the the chemo radiation body so mm. i can't yeah that's different i can't sympathize in that regard but it is still weird to not have hair yeah for sure um and like you know, I had always like I'm always a person who's like changing my hair color, mm, haircut. Yeah, yeah. But it like to be like, all right, now I got this fade, straight fade. I was Caesar. like, Caesar, yes. Like I had girl. waves for a little bit. That's I had so a wave funny. cap. I mean, you were still rocking it though, girl. <laughs> I felt like a little light skinned boy out in these streets, you. and I was like, I yeah. don't like this. <laughs> but it was temporary. It was just flowing tresses. No, this is the longest my hair been in a long time. Girl. I said, look. Gonna try to lift now because we got uh-huh. options. But, but yeah, I think that's crazy though because yeah. I mean it's very rewarding to hear that. But it, to me, it's even more rewarding to hear people say that you made my day for sure. Or you made me smile, or you know, I really needed to laugh today, so you were able to do that, or you know, just the little gestures that you do go a long way. Because I mean, like you said, I've been low, right? And and when you're going through treatment, those are even in those moments. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're not able to reciprocate how much you appreciate right, them. Right. Um, you do appreciate, you know, somebody making you a meal or Absolutely. driving you to an appointment mm-hmm. or bringing you some socks. Mm-hmm. Like my friend brought me some sweatpants when I was in the hospital. She's like, what you need? I was like, I really want some sweatpants because mm-hmm. I don't got no pants in this hospital and it's cold. <laughs> and she brought me some sweatpants and I was so appreciative. Yes. Like, it's the, the little ha- things. The happiest I've ever been about a pair of sweatpants Girl. in my life. I mean, but it makes a difference. It does. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing where, you know, on the other side of treatment, especially, you're like, how can I do something nice for somebody for else? else. Mm-hmm. Because I know what it's like to just need that mm-hmm. that nice gesture sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think after you sort of more actively seek those moments mm-hmm. out as opposed to just kind of letting them happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's vital, um, that anytime you go through anything, not just cancer, um, but you can go through a type of trauma, um, you can go through abuse or like once you're, once you're good, go back and get somebody else. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, and to me, you know, having a podcast where you can have young adult cancer survivors talk about their stories, talk about how they felt then to where they are now is very vital because there are other young adult cancer survivors out there who feel like they have no one, you know what I mean? Who feel like I'm the only one that's going through this or no one else understands. No, no, that, that clearly is not the case. And this is a reaching out, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Which is why I'm so, I was so excited, you know, that you and you know, the other, um, our other group members were like, absolutely for sure. Because I think everybody's story is important. And like I said, it doesn't have to be cancer. It can be anything, anything that you faced that was a hardship or something that you had to conquer. Um, somebody else is going through it right now. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, but it's important for people to see the victory in it. You know what I mean? Yes. Everyone doesn't make it just like you said, unfortunately, you know, we had a couple people from our group pass away this year, but at the end of the day, it's still important for people to see the victory after. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that's, that was my whole point and purpose. Like to be like, okay, let's talk about your story. Let's, let's talk about where you are, where are you now? And then what's, what's your future? Because right. there is life after cancer. For sure. Girl. <laughs> Jamika. Oh, you like what you on the podcast? I know, right? Oh my God. 
Am I podcast famous now? Wait, why did Steven say, <laughs> I told all my coworkers. Yes! <laughs> he like, said, so when the podcast drops, he said, let me know. Reblog, retweet. Right. I said, that's Re-share. fine, honey. Listen, get, get me some audience members, okay? <laughs> I'm loving it. Girl, it has been amazing. Thank you for having me. Um, but... Again, guys, it's so important that if you're going through anything, well, first of all, I hope something that we discussed, you know, you were able to pick up some nuggets, able to, you know, get some clarity on some things. Again, it it doesn't have to be cancer. It could be anything that you're facing in life that you're finding a hardship or something that you feel like you need to conquer and and, and get over, so to speak, or go through. Um, There is life after. Whatever it is, there is life after. So I, I hope you got some good nuggets. Um, from something that we've said, I have one more question for Miss Jamika. Uh-oh. It's a good question. Is it? It's a good question. Okay. And you kind of already answered it, but I just, I just want it. I just okay. want you to answer Clarify. it. Clarify. Clarify. <laughs> so, as as yourself now, post cancer, okay. what advice would you give your pre cancer self? Like pre pre cancer or like going through it cancer? No, pre cancer, like before diagnosis. It's okay to be afraid. Mm. Um, just because I think, and it's okay to let other people know you're afraid. Mm. Because I think, especially for me, I was definitely like a high achiever type person. And with that mentality, you always feel the need to kind of like have this strong face mm-hmm. and like, this is what I'm gonna do and this is what's gonna happen. But there's a certain strength in being able to to reveal your vulnerability mm-hmm. and like really let other people in and help you with something. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, it's, o- it's okay to be afraid. Okay. Like it's okay to not know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and to keep going absolutely. because you just n- might surprise yourself. Like, Listen, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's so vital. I mean, especially if you're very strong willed and, and yeah. someone who's used to being independent, like my, my main thing was is let people help you. You know that what I mean? Because I was so independent. I remember when I first moved into my place, um, like I got diagnosed, like I moved in in January. I was diagnosed at the beginning of February. So I was I was here not even a Cancer whole month. Cancer is ignorant like that. Ain't it? Like, it was a month before my 25th birthday. Isn't that crazy? I was so mad. I was like, I can't even celebrate my Mm-mm. 25th birthday. Not after now. diagnosis. But I had just moved in, and I was still trying to lift boxes. My brother and my dad looked at me like, Right, what you if doing? If you don't sit down, I said, I can do it. They were like, sit down, like screaming. Like, actually, no, you can't have no, a seat. No, actually, you cannot have a seat. <laughs> have a seat. So, but it was very humbling, like you said, to, yeah. to recognize your vulnerabilities. Ooh, well, nothing humble you like kids. Hello? Girl, because you can't do it alone. It's it. You can't. You no, just can't. No, no, no. And I'm grateful for for our support systems. You know what I mean. Sure. That, and then also them being patient. You know what I mean. Because there's definitely times where I know my family was like, "She's on my nerves today." <laughs> like I really uh, want to cuss her out, but I know but I can't I love cuss her, her so much, out. and she has cancer. Right. Like, that's why you pulled a C card. Cancer. They're like, if she didn't have cancer, I'll punch her in the throat right now. It's all right, but you still love me, even after you punch me. You still gonna love me. Now pull up my pants. Put on my socks. Hello. <laughs> but guys, again, <laughs> don't pay us any attention. <laughs> Put on my socks. Okay. Poor <laughs> Betty, I can't wait. Oh no. I wasn't ready. But for real, we can do this all night, like legit all night. But we're gonna end right here though. Um, guys, thank you so much. If you've made it thus far, all the way to the end, thank you so much for rocking Good with job. your girl. Good right. Good job. Again, I hope you found something interesting and of importance to you. Um, Hit me up again, um, hashtag TEJ Podcast, questions, comments, and suggestions. And I will check you guys out on the next one.